you're in a leadership role in your organization, whether you have a leadership title or not. By being in the people profession, people are looking to you for leadership. So you have stepped into the light. There will be heat. And so what you need to do is to make sure that you are equipped to navigate the challenges, the criticism, both fair and unfair that come your way with grace, that you learn where there's a learning opportunity that you're able to put aside that that's not helpful or not given in the spirit that you know is helpful, but that you are constantly realizing that you have stepped into the light. There will be heat. Do you want to be a leader who gets noticed, gets things done, and gets real results? Then you need influence and authority. Join host Jennifer McClure to learn how to build authority, expand your influence, and increase your impact. This is the Impact Makers Podcast with Jennifer McClure. Well, hello there, Impact Makers. Thanks for joining me today for episode 42 of the Impact Makers Podcast. I truly appreciate you tuning in each week and hope that you've subscribed in your favorite podcast player so that you never miss an episode and the goodness is delivered automatically to you each week in the future. I'm Jennifer McClure, a professional speaker, entrepreneur, and leadership coach, and my mission in life is to equip and encourage leaders to deliver maximum impact at work and in life so that they can build careers that they love and lives that matter. Sometimes I have the honor of being a guest on other podcasts or webinars where I'm typically asked to share about one or more of the topics that I'm passionate about, including leadership, speaking, and personal branding. And today, I thought I'd share one of those recent conversations with you. Shortly after the world changed for us all as a result of a global pandemic, my friend Eric Kerschat, who's the owner of Harmony Insights LLC, as well as the founder of an inclusive mastermind community called HR Hot Seat, started scheduling half-hour conversations over the lunch hour with people in his network to be intentional about connecting and also to stay inspired in order to do his best work. Along the way, he decided to start inviting others to listen in on those conversations and participate via a Zoom chat as a way to share the inspiration and to keep his community connected. Back in June of 2020, I joined Eric for one of these lunch date conversations where we chatted about the importance of personal branding for leaders at all levels, why introverts do not get a pass when it comes to personal branding, and how you can grow and develop your personal brand without having to be a speaker, a blogger, or an online influencer. I asked Eric if I could share the conversation with you, and he graciously agreed. So I hope that you'll enjoy it and get a few takeaways from it that you can apply to your own career. And if you do, I'd love for you to share those with me on your favorite social media platform using the hashtag ImpactMakersPodcast. I also hope that you'll check out Eric's work as well as the HR Hot Seat community. I've provided all of the relevant links to those resources in the show notes. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to today's Harmony Insights lunch date. My name is Eric Kershaw. I am the owner of Harmony Insights LLC, a company that allows me to work with organizations and consultants using the DISC personality assessment, much of which is done online these days, virtual assessments, and then also bringing teams together for workshops that can be done online if your teams are not yet returning to the workplace, or even if they have, maybe they're in different locations, we can do a lot of that online. I'm also the founder of HR Hot Seat, an inclusive mastermind community of, as we say, real HR pros solving real HR problems. We have over 2,600 members in the HR Hot Seat mastermind, and uh, they are in 10 different licensed chapters around the country. I'm especially excited to have somebody with us today who has been quite an inspiration to me in building the HR Hot Seat community. So if you want to learn more about HR Hot Seat, you can go to hrhotseat.com. Everything that we're doing these days is entirely free and entirely virtual to keep people safe. 
This is a Harmony Insights lunch date, something that I've been doing for a couple of months now to stay inspired, go into the afternoon to do my best work. It's called a lunch date because it happens from 12 to 12.30, my local time. So it's right smack dab in the middle of my lunch hour. And then I can go into my afternoon just inspired to do my best work because of the connection that I've made. And I decided along the way, why not bring other people along for that conversation? And that's where you all come in. So I'm so grateful to you for being here today. My guest is Jennifer McClure, who's the CEO of Unbridled Talent LLC, but then also the CEO of the Disrupt HR community. And Jennifer, I am just thrilled to have you with us today. Thank you so much for being my lunch date. Well, thank you for having me. It's so nice to see some familiar faces and names and to not eat alone for once. Although I did eat before this, but... I believe you're you're an hour ahead of me. So your lunchtime has probably already come and gone. (laughs) It has, it has. I am thrilled to have Jennifer with us for a couple of reasons. Number one, she is just a fantastic speaker. I've experienced her sessions in a couple of conferences, including the National Sherm Conference, and just was so inspired by what she had to say and the room full of people that she drew. (laughs) Just a lot of people showing up. But then also, Jennifer, you have been such an inspiration to me, as I alluded to earlier, in terms of what I've done with the HR Hot Seat community. You've spent time on the phone with me. We've exchanged emails. And you've been so generous with your time and with your input and with your feedback on things that I could do differently, making sure that you and I at all times are serving a common audience in very different ways. So right off the bat, I wanted to thank you for both of those things. Well, you're welcome. We're helping to support communities just like you. And so there's nothing proprietary or something that needs to be kept to one's best for that. We can learn from each other and do it better. And that's what's important. I love that spirit of collaboration over competition. I really appreciate that. So Jennifer, people know that I choose my guests and they choose the topics. Uh, None of this is scripted. Unlike some other interviews, I don't come into this with an agenda. You don't have a script that you're going off of. You don't even know what questions I'm going to throw at you, quite honestly. You chose the title, HR Leadership, Personal Branding That Prevails. Why is this a topic including anything about you and your background that you would like by way of introduction. Why is this a topic that is so near and dear to your heart these days? Yeah, I think just, you know, with my experience as an HR practitioner for almost 20 years, then a little stint in executive search during that time kind of was reaching out, helping senior leaders in career transition kind of with their networking, their interviewing. And it was 2005, six, seven timeframes. So helping them to build their LinkedIn profiles. I really started seeing both from my own benefit as trying to build my brand, to build my business as an executive search consultant. What having a personal brand and being known for something meant. So again, I saw it personally because I was trying to build business, but I also saw it when I was trying to find candidates for my clients to fill their positions. You know, you start the search with who do you know? And who do you know is often the people who are doing something. I mean, sure, it's relationship. I know this guy from high school or this girl from the meeting that we both attend, but more often than not, Who do you know is some function of this person's doing great work? They write a lot. They are active on social media and I learned from them, you know. So I saw how that was really impacting people's careers. And so when I started being invited to come into organizations to speak about what I was learning and teaching those executives around networking and personal branding, I started getting a lot of pushback from HR people in particular. Again, my people, the HR folks are like, 
I don't need a personal brand. I'm the behind the scenes person. Or I heard a lot of, oh, I don't want to be out there on the internet because it's a security issue. I don't want people to know me. And, and it just was so frustrating because Again, I know from my own behavior and the behavior of the executives that I've worked with and still work with, when you're looking at a company or an opportunity, one of the first things you do in today's world, more so than even back then, you're going to go to LinkedIn. You're going to see who the leaders of the company are, who the executives are. You're going to look at who posted the job online, their LinkedIn profile. And you want to see, are these the type of people that I want to work with? So I think for HR leaders in particular, who are some of the most resistant over the years to building their own brand, sometimes again, out of that false position to say, I need to be behind the scenes. I really want to encourage you to embrace your position out front, which if the last three months have shown us anything, how important it is for HR leaders to be out front with both the COVID-19 issues, as well as Black Lives Matters and all of the things that are going on in our world. HR has been pushed out front if they weren't there before. So we want both the leaders, the people in our organizations, and the people who are looking at our organizations on the outside to have an impression of a competent leader, of someone who is learning and growing. And I think that's what HR leadership and personal branding means to me. It's so important for both your own personal career objectives, but it's, I think, again, maybe similar to a CEO of an organization. Your brand is so synonymous with the company that you work for and both the quality of the people and the leaders that work there, as well as the culture. And so the HR leaders that are still taking a backseat and don't take active steps to develop that are hurting their careers and they're hurting their companies. That's a great setup. And as you mentioned, people being pushed out front, I can't help but think given the work that I do with communication and personality styles, that there are some people who are going to be very comfortable with that and take that on and be energized by it. Then some other people who perhaps like me and others on this call who identify with being introverted in some way, maybe you're a little bit less comfortable pushed out into a more public light, into the spotlight. But then quite often, that's where we end up doing our best work. Even though it may be uncomfortable for me from the beginning, once I'm there and I'm realized what I'm being called upon to do or to accomplish, maybe something fires up in me that had been dormant for a while, you know, or that just the stars have aligned that this is this is the space for me to do my best work because I've been given the spotlight in a sense. Yeah. And I think as an executive coach or someone who works with leaders, you know, sometimes I have to take a different stance depending on that person's personality or how they're positioning themselves. And so to that person who says, you know, I'm really not an out front person. I'm more behind the scenes. I'm introverted. I'd be like, hey, you joined the team. You took this spot. That's like, you know, a person who's a professional basketball player joining the team and saying, you know, I really don't want to pass. I just, you know, just want to... No, you're on the team. We need you to perform. And so part of your role as a leader, and I don't care if your title is HR assistant and it's your first job, or if you're the CHRO or some other, you know, in-between position, you are a leader because there are people, particularly in HR, again, everyone in the organization is looking to you for something, whether it's to answer their questions, to provide information, to help, again, establish the culture, to provide training and development, to make sure they get paid. All of those are leaders positions. So you don't have an option to say, I just want to be behind the scenes. Are there transactional roles in HR that maybe are more behind the scenes than others? Sure. But none of those people are on this call. 
those roles are necessary, but they're not here today. So I'm not talking to them. And to the people who are like, you said, you know, okay, well, how do I maybe step into that discomfort? Because I'm not saying that it's easy. I mean, I'm an introvert myself. So, you know, I know exactly what it's like to challenge myself to pick up the phone and make a call to somebody that I don't know, or to go into a room where I'm going to have to meet people and network, you know, all those things are stepping out of my comfort zone as well. But you made a great point, you know, somebody coined the great phrase, you know, the the circle with the little ball in the middle or, or outside, and it's like your comfort zone and where the magic happens, that couldn't be more true. And I think if you look back on your own career, your life, and you think, where were the periods where I grew the most? Where were the periods where I had the most impact? It's almost always when you challenged yourself to do something that you either didn't think you could do or you weren't really sure you wanted to do, but the results came from the growth that you achieved by doing that. I've heard it said anything worthwhile that's going to happen in life is going to happen just beyond the edge of your comfort zone. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think that's a really powerful thought. I have to say, I appreciate we've gotten fairly far in our lunch dates without too many sports analogies. And you just threw one in. And I love that. That's fantastic. If nothing, known for my sports analogies. They're just right, right on the tip of my tongue, always. Well, great. And you went with basketball, too. And I recently watched The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary. So that is fresh in my mind. So I appreciate that. I want to make sure we spend a little bit of time before we end with uh, actionable tips, talking about the challenges that people face on the topic of what we've chosen today, personal branding that prevails. I want to spend just a moment on the definition of branding or the perception of branding, because I I would argue that that is a potential challenge, that when people think of branding, some people fire back and say, that's such a marketing term. It doesn't paint sort of a meaningful picture of who I am or who I want to be or how I want to sell myself or position myself. What is it about the term branding that resonates with you that you think actually is beneficial when it comes to positioning ourselves as HR leaders or leaders in general? Sure. I'm not married to the term personal branding. In fact, I wish. I wish I could come up with something that sounded better. But the reality is, whether it's branding in general or personal branding, you know what I mean when I'm talking about it. So branding is really about your perceptions, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions. You know, to use those sorts of analogies. When you think Nike, you think just do it. If you look at your own athletic wear, your athleisure wear in the closet, you have probably chosen a team. You've either, you're all Adidas or Adidas, or you're all Nike, or maybe you're Reebok. I don't know who wears Reebok. Umbra, you know, but you've chosen a team for your sportswear because that brand, that logo makes you feel something or you project something, or it's just familiar. So all that's branding. And so when we talk about people, I think there's no better. And I've used him as an example for years. And I'm blessed to have known Steve Brown, who was your guest, I guess, last week. He's here in Cincinnati with me. So I've been a fan of Steve Brown longer than most. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And you probably get to have lunch with him more easily than most of us do as well, because you're right in his neighborhood. (laughs) I'm going to go pick up a book tonight in person. So Well, tell him we all said hello. (laughs) I will. But I've used Steve as an example for years. It's back to that, you know, kind of executive search example. When people say, who's the best HR person, you know, in Cincinnati, or who's someone that I need to talk to about HR, or who do I need to get to know in order to understand HR people? The first person that comes to mind for all of those is Steve Brown to me. 
Why is that? Because Steve has a brand that is synonymous with his passion and his purpose around human resources. He shows that brand through many years ago before it was even the thing to do, you know, starting a local roundtable for HR professionals to come and talk about HR issues, not just with HR people, but people in job search and leaders in general. He started the HR net to help HR leaders connect. He became active in his local state and national SHRM leadership. He writes on a blog. You think of Steve about HR because he's living it. His brand is part of who he is. And so that presents for Steve many opportunities. You know, he's one of the best speakers I've ever heard. Again, not just as an HR speaker, but he's a very gifted speaker. If Steve wanted to quit his job, probably not today because speaking's kind of... (laughs) I'd encourage him to wait a few months, but if he wanted to quit his job and become a professional speaker, that opportunity is available to him because he has a message that is unique to Steve and he has a brand. If he wanted to write a book, which by the way, his second book is coming out soon. So please go to Amazon and pre-order it. I'm going to go pick up my copy tonight. And you know, maybe the second best thing in the book is going to be my forward. So make sure you open up and you read that first. Oh, wonderful. You know, he's written books, he's invited to speak, he's made his way to, you know, the board of the professional association for his profession. You know, all those things didn't happen because he was sitting back at his workplace saying, you know, I'm not a brand, I don't want to market myself, I'm not a tube of toothpaste. He didn't think about that. He just said, I have a message, I am passionate about what I do, and he's out there and he's doing it and getting recognized for it. So If you're saying, I have a problem with the term branding or personal branding, or again, I'm not something to market on a shelf, I think that's an excuse. Yeah. Because the reality is, you know, when you recruit, if you've ever recruited for somebody, how that process goes. Who do you know? Who's the best? You know, and then when you're interviewing people, you're looking at their professional accomplishments. You're looking at what they've done. Are they sharing about their profession? Are they known as an expert in their profession? Are they involved in their professional association? All those things are aspects of branding. So just do it. Nike, just do it. <laughs> and you, we've spent some time talking about people who are speakers on stage, who have written books, blog posts. You know, you've come up with some very actionable ways to make your branding known a somewhat philosophical question. And somebody has asked that an attendee today saying, you know, if you don't consider yourself to be an eloquent speaker, is branding, I'm assuming that branding is something that goes well beyond the stage and the blog and the book. When you sit down with Steve or anybody else for that matter, are you expecting to experience that branding in a one-on-one conversation when somebody is outside of the public eye and off of the stage? Yeah, I think branding also could be that you're known as someone who's a mentor. You're someone that other people look up to in your profession or in your community or your organization. Some of that may be that you volunteer or your own boards or how many CHROs or people in large organizations or even small organizations, the majority, the vast majority of them are not professional speakers. They're not writing a blog. They haven't written a book. But they've achieved a certain level in their profession where their brand is strong because they're associated with the pinnacle of the profession. They've achieved a certain level of position. And through that, they are probably active in their communities in some way. They're probably mentoring, whether it's internal to their organization or you know, maybe inviting some people in their community to sit under their leadership. There are plenty of ways to establish your brand without being on a stage or writing a book, or writing a blog. So, you know, I challenge you to, if you want to go all out, do 10, but at least five people. And if you want to narrow it to the HR profession, who are five people you look up to? And then 
maybe go a little deeper and say, why do I look up to those people? And it's probably because you've learned something from them. They've helped you in some way, or maybe you don't even know them, but you have access to be aware of them or learn from them in some way. So there's so many ways to build a brand beyond creating content or speaking. And the vast majority of people out there are not doing those things. I think it's a great way to do that. I think all of you have something to say. And so sharing on a blog or writing for your local professional association for their online blog or their you know resources that they share with members, volunteer to be on a committee, take a leadership position in your professional association, moderate a panel if you don't want to speak it, assemble a panel of experts and be the one that's kind of coordinating it. There's lots of ways to build your brand as someone who has expertise in your profession and as someone that people look to. Yes. Thank you. Those are all great tips. Suddenly thinking about how difficult it can be once you're out there because you're opening yourself up to criticism. I had a great conversation with a woman that I've I've met recently who's very active on LinkedIn talking about a particular comment that was left on something that she had posted and how devastating it was to her. And we went back and forth about that for a while. And it it brought to mind a quote. And I, I wish I could remember if you know who said this, put it in the chat. But somebody saying... Basically, the only way to not be criticized is to do nothing and say nothing and be nothing. <laughs> you know, but as, as soon as you put yourself out there to do good and to learn who you are and what you have to say, there are always going to be people that are not as supportive as they could be. I love how Kelly has chimed in saying that the branding could be defined as living your purpose through your actions. And that makes me think about what comes first. You know, I I can appreciate the introspective piece where we have to sit down and kind of get a sense of who we are and what our purpose is so that we can then translate into our actions. But I can also speak from firsthand experience that I've often gotten greater clarity on my purpose by looking at what I'm doing by finding commonalities and through lines in the various things that I have chosen to do. I would love to say that by being introspective, I decided that part of my brand was going to be meaningful connection and productive conversation. But in reality, I looked at the various things that I was doing with HR Hot Seat and in other places in the language that I was choosing to use. And I thought, well, there really is kind of a through line here. And this is now becoming my brand in a way that's kind of backward to how I would have expected being someone who's naturally introspective and introverted. I thought it would have been that first. And trust me, there's been plenty of that. But I think a lot of my brand speaking personally has come from being observant about those things that I am choosing to do and that bring me fulfillment and reward in some very meaningful way. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I've heard versions of it from other people, but the person that I credited it to is one of my mentors, Carrie Oberner. Carrie says, clarity comes through action. So if you're sitting around waiting for your purpose to land upon you or, you know, reading books or consuming content in order to see what you think your purpose is or to step into that, maybe that's successful for some people. But I like Carrie's approach. Clarity comes through action. It comes through taking steps. It comes through saying, I headed down this path. And, you know, in my own last 10 years of my career, I was just listening to a podcast interview that I did with somebody in February that he posted recently that I hadn't listened to yet. And I was like, I I am brilliant. No. (laughs) (laughs) Beyond that, (laughs) I talked about how 
I said I had been a spinning top over the last 10 years because I started out speaking not because I wanted to, but because people were asking me to, because of something that I was doing. I was using social media and recruiting. And so in 2009, 8, 9, 10, when I just kind of started speaking, people were like, Jennifer, come in and teach us how to use social media and recruiting. I'm like, oh, I'm not a social media consultant and that's not really what I'm passionate about, but I'll go do that. I'll teach you what I know. Through doing that, I was like, what I really like is speaking. I really like talking to people. So through that action became some clarity. I started out my business where I'm going to do consulting and I'm going to do speaking. And I'm going to do coaching. And after a couple of years, I was like, this consulting stuff sucks. You know, <laughs> I don't like the consulting, you know, but I had to take action to get that clarity. So for those of us, and I continue, my purpose continues to evolve. I just, you know, during this time, my speaking business went from very excited about 2020 to zero in about mid-March. Everything just like one by one, the dominoes fell. And so I'm sitting here going, I got time on my hands. I need to be continuing to grow though. And so I actually engaged a, a coach, a story brand coach, for those of you that may know Donnie Tom Miller's story brand yeah. process, which I've been through before, but I thought, I've used coaches in the past who've helped me in multiple ways with both my career and as a leader and in masterminds. And I said, you know, I'm going to practice what I preach, which is always to invest. And so I invested in the story brand coach because I feel like both personally and also because the world has changed. My own brand needs to be peaked and twibbited, twibbited, pivoted a little bit. Um, I don't know, twibbited. Someone coined that term. It's got to mean something. I don't twibbited. know what it means, but let's come up with it and, and, and hashtag brand. Hashtag twibbited. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, I think it is probably something with Twitter and pivoted, right? I have to pivot a little. And so some of that's going to come again through taking my own advice, through action. I'm going to try some things. I'm going to refire my podcast back up. I'm going to start doing some more videos. I'm going to offer to be a guest on more podcasts because me talking out sometimes my own ideas, to your point, Eric, sometimes that creates criticism. Sometimes that creates heat. And I'm watching and navigating what's going on in the world where I'm making mistakes along with everyone else. And I'm trying to receive the constructive input that maybe is coming my way. I will always try to receive that in the future because whether it's about some of the current topics that are out there that are a challenge to navigate or just in general. Another thing I, I credit T.D. Jakes, who I believe spoke at President Obama's first inauguration at the Washington Cathedral, part of his talk there said something to the effect that I believe was, don't stand in the light if you can't take the heat. Yeah. And that kind of hit me right between the eyes. And so I'll tie a bow on all this to say you're in a leadership role in your organization, whether you have a leadership title or not. By being in the people profession, people are looking to you for leadership. So you have stepped into the light. There will be heat. And so what you need to do is to make sure that you are equipped to navigate the challenges, the criticism, both fair and unfair that come your way with grace, that you learn where there's a learning opportunity that you are able to put aside that that's not helpful or not given in the spirit that you know, is helpful, but that you are constantly realizing that you have stepped into the light. There will be heat. And to your point, the only way not to receive the heat is to stay in the dark to stay behind the scenes. And there are people that choose that and God bless them. But again, they're not on this call. 
<laughs> so much of what you just said was quotable. As a reminder to people, you know, we're going to be giving away a Baudville work from home kit and we're going to be choosing among people who go to LinkedIn and use the hashtag lunch date, tag Jennifer and myself, Harmony Insights, Disrupt HR, Unbridled Talent if you want, but include a takeaway from today's conversation. We've gotten so many from Jennifer. And you can use Twivoted if you want. <laughs> Hashtag Twivoted. Whatever that means, come up with a definition. Use it as though you know what it means and that it means something already. That would be hilarious. Use it with confidence. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer, people are going to want to follow up with you, learn more about uh, what you're doing through Unbridled Talent. And of course, learn more about Disrupt HR's impressive presence around the world at this point. I'm blown away by it. Every time I think about what you've been able to accomplish through your extensive network and partners in Disrupt HR, how can people find you? What is the best place for people to get a hold of you online? All things Jennifer McClure or at jennifermcclure.net. You can find me on LinkedIn at Jennifer McClure, on Twitter at Jennifer McClure, on Instagram if you like horses and cats <laughs> and dogs and outdoors, which is part of my brand and cupcakes, Jennifer underscore McClure. And if you'd like to be on my weekly letter that I send out, usually with something observational about what's going on in the world and maybe a story to kind of make it a point. JenniferMcClure.net forward slash prepare for impact, I believe is the landing page. But if it's not, find me on one of those other places and tell me that you want to get that weekly letter. <laughs> As I mentioned in the beginning, I'm going to be following up with all attendees of today's lunch date via email with links to these things that Jennifer has mentioned, plus maybe some things that she hasn't that might be helpful in reinforcing the value of today's conversation. If you did enjoy it as much as I did, and I'm certain you did, I don't even have to ask that question, although you're welcome to put it in the chat area. HarmonyInsights.com slash lunch dates will take you to a few more that are coming up. It's time for you to get noticed, create change and grow your influence. Don't waste any time. Subscribe to this podcast and help us get the word out by leaving a review. 